you damn right. Hope you're having a good Friday. Longhorn basketball fans, how's your mood on a Friday? Got to be pretty good after that. We will definitely get into it. Texas taking down number seven in the country. I don't know if taken down is the right phrase if you're the higher ranked team dismissing number seven. Maybe that's the way to do it. Texas beating Creighton. We'll get to it. Big NFL weekend coming. Some of the regular guests for you, including if you want to throw some scratch down on a game, the degenerate himself, Brandon Lang, coming up in about an hour, but we got a long way to go before that. It's Chad and Zay on this Friday. Huge playoff Friday in high school football and a whole lot more. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. He was at the Moody Center last night. What's up, Zay? Right now, I'm already looking for hotel rooms in the H in that first weekend in April. I'm telling you, Texas fans, get ready. Y'all think I'm play pimping? Absolutely not. This Horns team is for real. You hear the guy on TV last night say both these teams are of the quality they could end up in Houston. Oh, yeah. He said it. Both of them. And our man Justin Wells of Inside Texas has already said he's got a hookup for you. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Right? Remember? Yeah. Wasn't he the one that said he's got somebody yeah, in Houston? Yeah, he got the homies or something like that. Yeah, yeah I, I could do that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Might have a couch for you to sleep yeah, on. I probably won't be there very, very much. Very, I'm not, I'm not going to keep it real. I probably won't be there very much. I'll be partying it up because I think the horns got, if everybody stays healthy, you need a lot of luck. Sure. To cut down those nets, but everybody stays healthy. God forbid the horns got a chance. Yeah, and the beauty of, well, the beauty and the curse of college basketball versus pro basketball is it is always about one night. One night or one day, one set of 40 minutes, one set of four-minute increments, and one set of officials calling a game how they're going to call a game. All of that can play into it. You don't get four out of seven. Three out of five, two out of three. You don't get that. You get one shot, and sometimes things happen. So you're right. The luck has to play into it. Longhorn certainly got that, but they also got really good basketball last night. For sure. And what makes you optimistic that they could win those six straight games when March Madness comes around were games like we saw last night where everything don't go your way, it's not pretty, but you still find ways to get it done against high-quality teams. Yeah, they certainly did. Certainly got it done. All right, let's get in with the spec set piece, and we will talk about what the Longhorns did to those Blue Jays. The spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it comes to savings, Specs leads the league with a larger selection at lower prices. Specs, official partner of Austin FC. Zay, have you ever seen the Karate Kid? Yes. You know the scene where it's been a minute. You know the scene where Mr. Miyagi's trying to catch the fly with the chopsticks. Mm, really, all I can think of is sweep the leg. So there's a sweep the leg. So there's a scene where he's never done it before, and then Daniel's son actually gets it done and captures the fly with the uh, with the chopsticks. My question to you is: If Bevo was walking in the field and a Blue Jay came by. Do you think he could impale the Blue Jay on one of the horns, like on purpose? Just give a quick little pop of the head like he did on game day and just stab the Blue Jay to death? Oh, for sure. Bevo got a dark side in him. We saw that in the Sugar Bowl when he went at that little bulldog for Georgia. Uh He he got a dark side, so you don't test him. That's one thing I wouldn't do. Don't test him. You got to be on this good side. You know, somehow Jordan Whittington has found that chemistry where he could just go up to Bevo and nothing happened. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of Horns, all Horns fans and Horns alums, they should be that way with Bevo. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Definitely got to be careful. You got to be real, real careful. Opponents? Uh, 
not so much. Opponents are in trouble. Yeah, in right. trouble. No, he, he kind of senses it. He senses if you're on his side. Yeah, yeah. He kind of knows. Uh, and uh, everybody that was on the Longhorn side came out happy last night. Final score was 72-67. to 67. Uh, Texas got it done. They answered every question that Creighton had throughout the game. Zay, there are a lot of numbers we can talk about in this game. But you know what? Let's start with one guy. Because by the end of this thing... Timmy Allen had 11. Give me your thoughts on his game. I really liked seeing him active at the beginning and contributing early for Texas. His best game so far. Uh, I thought he was absolutely terrific. Even though his stats don't jump out like crazy, he only had 11 points, but he had four solid assists and seven rebounds, and he just set the tone with his toughness. He was way more under control than he has been in these previous games. He's been having a big charging problem, just running into guys, and with this up-tempo pace that Chris Beard is allowing these guys to have, you know, he, it's taking them a little time to get used to it. But we saw him last night. He really thrived on getting the ball off the glass. He came down one play and just hit a fadeaway off the glass. It was nasty. It, it looked like a bad angle, but somehow he twerked his body in, got the angle right in, just kissed it off the glass, Tim Duncan style. Yep. And he had a couple fadeaways coming across the lane, and that's his game. You know, if he could play like that and play freely just like the rest of the team, then, man, the sky's the limit for this Horns ball club. So this is a game where both teams shot really bad from three. It's something we've seen from Texas before that they can overcome at times. It is something that Creighton was not able to overcome. We talked about how good they are as a three-point shooting team, but Zay, you were the one that brought up they're going to be in another environment. They're going to be at the Moody Center where they've never been before. Let's see what it's like. Four for 27 from three. Creighton. Now, last night, Chris Beard did admit, look, we played some good defense, yes, but they also just missed some open threes that they normally hit. Would you agree with that assessment? Yes and no. I I did think they gave up some wide-open threes, but I thought they were two bad shooters. Like, majority of the threes for Baylor Shireman were contested and very tough shots. Like, you want him to put it on the deck and shoot off the dribble. A lot of his threes were taken off the dribble. He doesn't want to do that, and he took a lot of bad shots for the Blue Jays last night. But Arthur Arthur uh, Kamina, yeah, Kamunga, I think, I don't know. Kaluma? Sorry, Kaluma. Ah, can't talk today. Arthur Kaluma, Kaluma. he's only 31% from three. He had a lot of wide open ones. I'll take that. And we're not getting the big man down low, Colt Bringer, who dominated last night. Thank goodness he was winded like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar during that game where Red Arbach cut off the AC <laughs> in the 84 finals and he needed the oxygen. My man was winded, and I was a big reason why he didn't keep dominating like he could have because if he had the stamina, 35 minutes, that's a lot for a 7-1 big man. Right. Uh, that, that's a lot, especially coming out from Maui last week and the, you know, the travel that they had to do. And then, you know, just it it, it was a lot. So I thought that Creighton didn't play their best game, but I also thought a lot of that had to do with the Horns playing great perimeter defense and making it hard for Ryan Kalkbrenner on offense and defense. Yeah, if I tell you Kalkbrenner is 9 of 10 from the floor, you might get a little concerned. If I tell you he's 20 and 13 for the game, you might think, oh, wow, that's what, four over the average, 13 boards. 
but Texas wins the game, Texas controls the game, that's huge. Uh, and you're right. It's just a matter of you know how much, uh, how, how much rest can you actually get that guy during a game. We talked about Creighton playing such a tight lineup, and uh, the Longhorns were able to take advantage of that. So one of the stats I love for Texas in this game, Zay, is this is my, my old man basketball fan coming out, 49% from two. I'm not opposed to three-point sh- shots, but when you are missing a lot of them, I love the idea of w- using all of the area you're given. I like the way this Texas team goes to the basket, but I also like the way they are using the mid-range. More mid-range stuff from Carr. You mentioned Allen. It just feels like now more of the guys are comfortable with the space between the three-point line and the bucket. They're using it really well. Yeah, the, again, the tempo was just picked up. Like, they had eight more attempts than Creighton did yesterday, and that's kind of like time of possession in football. That's a big deal. Last year, they were one of the worst teams in pace. They played just that real slow tempo. They didn't get enough attempts up, and with the D that they were playing, it was very taxing. This year, Chris Beard taking them shackles off, allowing those guys to pray, uh, play freely. When you got Marcus Carr coming down the court, not passing to nobody and pulling up for three, that was one of the biggest runs last night. Serge Jabari Rice, he hits a corner three. The very next possession, Marcus Carr gets the ball, takes it all the way up the court, just pulls up for three. It was contested. It doesn't matter. He hit it. Play after that. Christian Bishop takes it up the big man's chest, and they went on that 10-0 run. So they, they they played solid last night, even though they didn't shoot the ball tremendously well. They played good enough basketball to win the game, and that's how you got to play if you want to go far in March, which, again, I think this team can do. But, you know, when you got guys like Dylan Mitchell, I thought he played terrific yesterday I thought that might have been his best game yes he had all the dunks against Gonzaga and whatnot but we saw a little bit of his skill set that jump hook he had over Colt Bringer man Mm-hmm. See how long his arms were on that left-handed jump hook? Go back and watch that slow motion and how he got that over the seven foot one Colt Bringer. That's why those 36 NBA scouts that were there last night, that's what got them from 12 to midnight. So it's crazy. It's his athleticism, his measurements. He had that nice putback on his own miss. He had a, a little mid-range jumper, missed that, and got his own miss. He just has good basketball instincts. And then he had a steal on Colt Brenner which led to that Timmy Allen layup, which had to do with that 10-0 run. Dylan Mitchell, he's fitting in his spot well. Even though he's the most NBA-bound on this Texas team, he understands his role and he understands that he's not the focal point of this team, but he is one of the biggest, most important players on this squad. Lots of of comments already coming in on the Specs text line. If you want to jump in, Longhorn fans, 337-3776. 337-3776. Somebody talking about uh, the coaches that you were mentioning, say, and the things that tie them together. Defense. Defense is key, and uh, the Longhorns certainly played uh, a good version of that last night. Also, say somebody asking if the music at the Moody Center is loud. A little too loud. Because it was blasting. It's a little too loud. When I was watching on TV and I didn't have my volume on. so it's, we a, got... it's a little too loud at times. Okay, we need some, need some adjustment. It, de- it depends on the song that's playing. It depends on what's going on in the speakers. Okay. Because it could get a little loud where you're like, wow, this is uncomfortable. What ty- you don't want to be uncomfortable. What type of song are we talking about? Are we talking about a hype song? Are we talking um, about a rock kind of thing? Or what, what are we talking like, about? Like that, those jock jam stop songs. Like, dun, dun, dun. Okay. Dun, 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 like stuff like that. It comes off a little loud. Yeah, it could be yeah. a little loud. Okay, all right. But it's all right, though. I get what they're trying to do. No, it's and The corral was popping last night. 
I'd rather have I'd rather tell you to turn it down than up. Yeah. I would. Oh yeah. For I'd, sure. re- I'd rather not have you at like level three uh, yeah, three or four on the dial and say, Hey, hey Gramps, <laughs> let's turn it up. If we're saying, Hey crazy DJ, let's crank it down a little bit, that may be the way to go. It felt watching it on TV like another great atmosphere, that crowd, you know, understanding. I don't think Chris Beard is gonna have those prayer hands up anymore. No. I think the I think the crowd that's going to show up is going to continue to understand when to yell, why to yell, uh and again they just kept answering all the all the things that Creighton was bringing them. But some of the other great numbers in this game that I had to double check. The Longhorns had 3 turnovers. Does everybody realize that? Yeah. They just played the number 7 team in the country. A sound basketball team. They had three turnovers, 15 to 3 assist to turnover ratio. That's silly good. Yeah, it's very impressive. Wow. Very disciplined. You got to give the coaching staff a lot of credit for that because that's tough to do even when you're trying. That's tough against a crappy team, (laughs) right? Yeah. If you play UTRGV, HCU, all these teams that you're, even if you're just tearing them apart, you're probably going to turn the ball over six times. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. impressive, man. Yeah, and, you know, these guys offensively, Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, Serge Jabari Rice, we saw Timmy Allen last night. These guys are doing a great job of taking the right shots within the Chris Beard motion offense because mm. the motion is a little dated. And if you're not doing other things along with the motion, it could get a little stale and very easy to guard. Kind of like what we saw last year with that 2022 team that went on 11-minute droughts and 7-minute droughts. Like, those guys, they didn't know when to pick and choose their spots in the motion offense, when to shoot, when to pass. Coach Beard was rotating guys. You know, guys just weren't comfortable. This year, he's allowing guys to be free. So, sometimes you can take bad shots and know, I'm not coming out the game. And though those bad shots last year, this year, are good shots because Coach Beard saw us put in that work in the offseason. Mm-hmm. We were taking these shots in the offseason during practice, after practice, et cetera, and we gave him the confidence to know, yo, these guys, they have the confidence and the ability to make these shots. So when you see, like you said, 49% from mid-range or 49% from twos, it's because those guys are taking the right shots. Marcus Carr and Tyree Hunter did a great job of getting in the lane and shooting little folders, shooting little teardrops and runners and pull-up jumpers. Marcus Carr had a huge pull-up jumper on the baseline, little 12, 13-footer to kind of ice the game. Oh, and that was nice. Yeah, it was Loved nice. Loved that shot. It was nice. Yeah. Would he have shot that last year? I don't think so. He was shooting yeah. that in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But during the regular season last year, we didn't see that Marcus Carr. And, yeah, you could talk about the 20 pounds he lost. And, yeah, that that definitely means something, too. But Chris Beard, man, he's done a heck of a job offensively. For a guy that's a defensive-minded coach, and that's what he focuses on, he's done a great job this year offensively of figuring out these guys and what they're good at and knowing his personnel and putting it on the floor. And those guys are excelling. Yeah, that was a smooth baseline jumper. It was smooth, You are man. absolutely right. The other thing to talk about pace, two of the numbers I'll always look at to see where the pace of the game was. Longhorns feel so comfortable now, like you said, you know, getting up the floor, getting into an idea pretty quickly. Second chance points was 11-5. Fast break, 20-5. to Another game where they're comfortable going, and they end up with a, a nice advantage in fast break points. This texter says, yes, the music is too loud, uncomfortable. Please influence that with your swag. 
know are they telling is. us like we I have swag to affect them? They're telling you, Zay, you have the swag. Nah, I ain't over got nothing Center. to do with me, man. No. I ain't got nothing to do with those things. So it's a good thing if you're coming out of a game like that, you're trying to look at adjustments on volume in the building, but the team ends up getting the win um, and you know and fighting it out when they needed to. Longhorns, basically the second half was dead even. They led by five at the half, and they lead by five at the end of the ball game. So, so if you, thank you, goodness. Greg McDermott didn't just look at Ryan Nimhart and say, hey, here's the keys. It's your show. We're going to get out the way and let you work because he was about to go off. That uh, 17 mm-hmm. he had could have easily been a 30 or been a 27 if Coach McDermott would have really let him work and really would have said, hey, focus on scoring, maybe not as much as being a true point guard. And he he's so good. Some of the moves that he did last night. Hey, Christian Bishop, ice those ankles, dog. You had a hell of a game last night. I know it meant a lot to you playing against your former team. But, yo, Ryan Nimhard put him on skates like T.I., and ATL at Cascade. <laughs> Y'all, man, what up, Shouty? That TI. It was brutal. And the, he was doing up and unders and reverse layups with one hand and run skyhook runners and stuff. Ryan Nemhard, he he's a different type of point guard, man. And I like that Marcus Carr, Ontario, Canada battle with those two. I haven't done the count yet, but on the TI album I really enjoy. I've asked myself sometimes, does he say shorty Shouted. more than he says the N-word, or does he Shouted. say the N-word more than he says? Shorty. He says it a lot. Come on. Come on, Shouty. Shouty. He does say it a lot. <laughs> All right. Um, there's a, a lot to get into. And uh, real quick before we hit the break, somebody texted in, Zay, uh, and, and kind of two different people have texted in about it. Have you heard anything about Tyrese Hunter in terms of how he's doing? This says he need to get number, number four some hydration with all those cramps. What's going on? Pickle juice, bananas. Okay. I, I don't know. He needs something because... He scares everybody when he goes down the way he goes down. Yeah. Like, it looks real dramatic when it happens. They got to carry him. They always – the uh, team's always calling, come help, and that's never a good sign. Is it Ever. Po- is it possible that Tyrese Hunter's just a World Cup fan? Could he just be a <laughs> soccer fan? He's thinking, man, it's that time of no, year. Man. And we, I got to sell it. And, you know, LeBron's had those problems. I know Spurs fans remember that when they pulled that same Red Arbox stunt. In the twenty, what was that? Twenty fourteen finals, where they had no AC at the AT and T Center, oh, and LeBron was cramping up and stuff. Yeah, he's dealt with that. I know Paolo Bancaro. There was a huge science statistics uh, when he was at Duke talking about he loses seven pounds a game. Mm. Yeah, or something like because he just sweats and works. He just guys are different. He used to cramp up all the time. They had to get him a special type of Gatorade, Powerade sports drink because he couldn't use the normal stuff. So whatever Tyrese Hunter needs, UT, we definitely got the resources. Look into that. Yes. Get him some of that. Yes. Because Tuesday, you got another huge battle against Illinois. Yeah. Now, is Tyrese Hunter the one that you talk about if you're drunk enough and you spin around that certain thing? That, that's Tyrese, Did right? y'all see the two-hand? You see how easy that two-hand dunk was last night? That was easy. That was easy. Yeah, that was 11 easy. used to get up so easily just like that. Yes, I'm telling you, if you hop on one leg... Maybe spin to your left. Got to be hammered. Yeah, got to be hammered. hammered. Do a couple Dion high steps, and then maybe about eight more twirls. Touch your head to the side. He looks like 11, just a little bit. Okay, here's my weird Tyrese Hunter that popped in my head last night. Watching, I love watching him play. I love watching him play so much. And my one of my favorite things about him is the calmness on his face. We've talked about this. His body is just so 
incredibly everything's in motion and and the movement is beautiful and everything but his face stays so calm as it's all going on so the thing that occurred to me was he kind of looked to me like it was like Russell Westbrook's body not not the size just Russell Westbrook's body and Kobe's face that's sort of what it looked like to me because Kobe always had that calmness everything is what I plan everything is what but Russell Westbrook everything he does is so animated and I feel like Tyrese Hunter's body and face are acting independent of one another. Right. Fascinating to watch. But I love the way that guy looks when he's on the floor. Yeah, he has a great mentality. He's a defensive point guard that's getting better and better offensively. Like, he hit a big-time three in Nimhart's face to, uh, at the end of the first half. That was pretty deep NBA range. And then he had a huge uh, couple of possessions where he had a pull-up jumper on Colt Brenner because Colt Brenner wouldn't get out the lane, and the Horns did take advantage of that. If they just made some more shots, it could have gotten ugly. But right after he hit that jumper, he gets a steal and then has that crazy finish where he goes up and under the dude, which you got to be a serious athlete to make a finish like that. Absolutely. And yeah, the score was 22 to 17 at the time. So he, he's been a huge addition to what the Horns have been doing and to their success this year. And yeah, it's, they're only going to get better. They're yeah. only going to get better. He is a blast to watch. How about this, Longhorn fans, as we hit the break? Carr, Hunter, and Allen combined for 11 assists and two turnovers. That's not bad. That is not bad at all. Texas beats Creighton 72-67. Illinois up next. Zay mentioned it. Now you're going to Madison Square Garden to take on one of the big dogs in the Big Ten after you knock off a big dog in that Big East. We've also got a lot of football to get into today. Huge weekend in the NFL. College football hitting championship week, and that means we've got to make our picks. Zay and I are still clinging to that overall lead as a team. The Horn team, yeah, we're not doing so good. we got to catch up quick. Supreme picks coming right up. Don't move. It's the Horn. song great voice there's something going on there's something going on all right now i just got to come up with who it is oh there's something going on i always miss this one ah the only thing in my head is quarter flash no nah that's another song all right who is it frida frida what? Frida. F-R-E-D-A? Wow. Not Frida? My bad, Frida. No, no, you're probably right. It could be Frida. F-R-I-D-A. Oh, F-R-I-D-A. My bad. Frida. All right. Cool. Uh, I, lo- I always love that song. Obviously, I never committed to memory who did it. How about that? All right. So, Frida gets us started today. There is something going on with that Texas basketball team. They are number two in the country, and they just took it to Creighton, answered every question. Didn't take it to them like they did to Gonzaga, but that doesn't happen often. Uh, They did control the game, though. They shoot 49% from two. Again, I think that's big. Carr leads the way with 19 points. And now, at 6-0, they get ready for Illinois. By the way, we got an update 
uh, from our man Craig Way last night. He did talk to the uh, Longhorn staff and trainers last night. The Tyrese Hunter situation was a thigh contusion. So for the people that were thinking Uh maybe it was a cramp issue, I'm not saying it's good news that it was a thigh contusion, but it's just different news. So we'll hope he's all right there. Uh, Obviously, the word contusion has been going around with the U.S. national team and Christian Pulisic uh, and his bruised, his contusion situation. Yes, thank you, Hall of Famer Craig Way, for the update. Craig also said he should be ready for New York, though. Yeah, baby, there you go. I got him. Just like Pulisic says he should be ready for the game against the Netherlands tomorrow, and he did tell the media that he did not get hit there. He did not get hit in the jewels. He got hit in the area, but he did not get hit there. So a contusion of the you know sensitive area. That's what that's what he's going through. He says he'll be fine. Uh, good for him. Yeah, man, that was a hell of a play. Yeah, we'll see if they can come up with something to uh, beat the dudes in bright orange tomorrow. If you're a Longhorn fan, this will be a circumstance where you're not rooting for the team in bright orange. Although your orange is not near that bright. The Netherlands, they're going a little too far towards the Tennessee-Oklahoma State world. All right, uh, so basketball definitely on the brain. Football is as well. We will make our supreme picks coming up. want to uh, just remind you tonight, you've got the Vandegrift-Dripping Springs game right here for you. We bring you Vandegrift all season long. They will be on 101.9 and AM 1260 like they always are. Plus, we'll crank it up, throw it on 104.9 as well. So all across the horn uh, signals, the horn app. Uh, thehornfm.com if you want to stream it. Vandegrift and Dripping Springs tonight at 7 and uh, Flex pregame at 6.30 with the crew. Uh, Texas women's basketball this evening as well. They're taking on South Florida over uh, at the Moody Center at 6 o'clock. So if you want to check out the women's team, they are highly ranked as well. Um, and uh, have gone went through a little issue there in the Bahamas trying to get people healthy, but we'll see what they look like tonight. 5.45 pregame, 6 o'clock tip for the Texas women. All right, uh, Zay, you ready to make these picks? You ready to get back into the – well, not back in. You ready to help the Horn team out because we need it? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> We've been struggling these last few weeks. We have. Horn team tied for last, but we somehow are still ahead of everybody in the individual category. But if we keep going two and three, that's not going to last long. So five more games to pick, three championship games, and then two in the NFL. Let's start tonight with the Pac-12 games, A Utah and USC. USC is a slight favorite, but of course Utah won the first matchup. What do you think? Yeah, Utah won the first matchup. They had to come back to win that game, and they had Caleb Williams crying like Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> so hopefully he will probably bounce back. I mean, he's the Heisman favorite. He's been playing terrific as of late. Lincoln Riley lets him do whatever he wants. I, f- I feel like he could hold on to the ball for about 20 seconds and still make plays and throw darts in there, and he's been tearing up defenses all year. So I think the Heisman is basically his to lose but hey this team they beat them last time but this ain't Salt Lake they're playing in Vegas and not playing in that pretty tough stadium to play in in Utah that in Salt Lake City so I I think that had a lot to do with it I don't think that US uh, USC team then is as good as they are now. So, yeah, give me Southern Cal. Leaning USC. Yeah, I think we'll end up going that way. Uh, interesting note from the first game. Uh, USC, make sure you don't pack your 12 penalties from that game. 
That wasn't good. No. Not good at all. A lot of the other stuff was even in that game. Man, what a what a show it was. 556 for USC, 562 for Utah. If they do that again tonight, we are all going to be entertained. It was 43-42 Utah was the score of that first game. Ah. So we'll go with USC in that one. All right, how about the purple battle? Can Sonny Dykes hit the finish line and win the Big 12 title, or will the Kansas State Wildcats ruin his day? Yeah, we'll see if the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year could have a big game in Max Duggan, which I don't think we give that story enough credit. I mean, to go through what he went through during COVID, might not get to play football again due to the heart condition, mm-hmm. then loses his job. Now he's Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. That's a remarkable story. And Sonny Dykes, we saw what they've been doing all year in the Big 12, all the comeback wins, all the close wins, winning by field goals against Baylor. But they haven't had many breaks. You know, the last bye week was week two. They've been playing ever since then. Quentin Johnson in that blowout win against Iowa State last week. He did not play, but he's expected to play and be good enough uh, tomorrow night against Kansas State. Will Howard, man, he's been a difference maker for Chris Kleiman's team. Ever since he got inserted to the starting lineup, they've been just running it up on teams, averaging 40-something points a game, and he just gives them a different dynamic that Adrian Martinez didn't. You add Deuce Vaughn to the mix. It's going to be a close game. I hate that we have so, right now. I have so much chalk on this list. It sucks, but uh-huh. I can't go against TCU. I just can't. They're right up the street in Arlington. They're right up the road. Yeah, they are. Remember in that first game, K State was up twenty-eight ten. And isn't this the game where Adrian Martinez started, but then Will Howard had to play? But then I think they hurt Will Howard. Somebody like the third okay. string came in. This was on the parade of hurt quarterbacks. Yes, yeah, like the third string came in in this game. Yeah, you're right. Jake Rubley Who? ended up. Jake Rubley ended huh? up playing. Huh? I know. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think we'll uh, we'll lean. And the tiebreaker rules would have us to TCU anyway. But yeah, I'm, I think I'll go TCU as well. All right. How about this Clemson North Carolina game? Max Crew trying to win a conference title. Clemson trying to bounce back. Clemson's a seven and a half point favorite. I don't. Man, I just. I don't know if I trust either one of these teams. I've been back and forth on this pick. What about you? You know what I think about the ACC. This should show what the ACC is all about. Both teams are, eh. I mean, Mac, they've had a decent year, especially because it's North Carolina. But these last two weeks, he's had some bad losses to Georgia Tech and then to the rival North Carolina State. So them losing the last two games and still making the championship is just it's ridiculous and shows how bad this conference is. Clemson, on the other side, they lost to South Carolina and Notre Dame, and South Carolina beat Tennessee, so they were a lot better than they probably, well, we probably thought yeah, they were going to be. True. I guess Clemson. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't question. know. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Yo, DJU threw eight for twenty-nine last week. Yeah. So what what do you say? I mean, yeah, against South Carolina. Like, what do you do with that? So you're going to go with he won't be that bad again? Um, He could be that bad again. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I like Drake May though. He's been a surprise. I do too. He's been a surprise quarterback of the of the uh, nation conference. Do we trust him that much? Nah, let's go Clemson. No, go Clemson. They got they got like. A lot of NFL guys on D and stuff. Okay, all right. Uh, We'll go Clemson there. All right, the two pro games are great, both in the afternoon on Sunday. Miami at San Francisco. Both these teams are playing so well right now. Might be the two hottest teams in the league at this exact moment. 
Uh, I guess the Eagles have to be thrown in there, and there's a couple others. Kansas City's playing well. I'm leaning Niners in this one. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'm leaning Niners too. It's going to be an interesting game because both of these coaches know each other very well. Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan, they've worked together for – number of years in San Francisco when Mike McDaniel was the offensive coordinator before he got the job for the Dolphins. So that matchup in itself is intriguing. Yep. Also, lowest ever head coaching age matchup ever. 50, really? 50 to get. No, I'm just kidding. I'm about to say, That's yeah, but both these guys hella but young. But they are young. They okay, are young. Yeah, both yeah. these guys hella young. Tua has the best passer rating in the league with 115. Second is Geno Smith, which is also crazy, but he's at 107. So that should show you how good Tua yeah. has been playing this year. I think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are the best tandem wide receivers in the league, and they've been showing that all season long. Can Nick Bosa's crazy ass get to Tua? Mm. Because they yeah. lost their left tackle against the Texans. They lost their left tackle against the Texans. Okay. And then when he went out... The Texans got four sacks on Tua. Things happen, yeah. So look at that. The secondary for the 49ers, it could be hit or miss sometimes. I like the Niners, too. I think their offense is going to be a lot better yeah. than how they looked against the Saints last week. They're going to try to run the football with McCaffrey and Mitchell and Debo. So, yeah, yeah I, I like 49ers. Niners, yeah, being at home. I don't, I don't like it that much. I know. No, I think it's tight. I think it's a close, close game. How about Kansas City at Cincinnati? Playoff rematch. Uh, you know Joe Burrow wants to get this one at his house. Do you trust Joe? Are the guys, is everybody back for Cincinnati? Supposed to be. Jamar Chase is supposed to come back this week, and Joe Mixon is supposed to be clear from concussion protocol. So, yeah, that makes this pick even tougher. It's a, I think it's the Chiefs minus one and a half. I'm two. seeing them by two. Oh, yeah. by two now? Yeah. Okay, I don't, it went up a little bit. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. You don't. That offensive line for the Bengals, Joe Burrow gets sacked a lot. And Christian Jones, he could cause havoc. He has 10 sacks already this year. I, I just think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are clicking so well. Everybody's getting involved in this offense. It's not just Travis Kelsey. So if you focus on him, Juju could get open. Valdez Stanley can get open. All those guys. They got the rookie is coming along. So, yeah, I, I like the Chiefs. Leaning Chiefs. Okay. Kind of. All right. Yeah, you said <laughs> we did enough with a lot of chalk there. All chalk. USC, TCU, San Francisco, the Clemson, and Kansas City. That's where we're going to go on the Supreme Picks this week. Shout out to the John McClellan Supreme Lending Crew and Chris Waters Realty. They're the ones that help us each and every season. Ultimately, we were raising money for great causes. That's what this is all about. And right now, the John McClellan crew and the Chris Waters crew are doing what they normally do. They are heading out in front of the Horn crew and the Coke FM crew. So we got to do some catching up. We will get you the results on Monday. For that, you can also go to hornfm.com and keep up with that all season long. Brandon Lang coming up at 105 with his great perspective on all of the big games of the week. Up next, though, in the crap bag, I'll look back to last night. What bu- Not what Buffalo did to New England, but what New England is doing to itself. Next on the Horn.
right here. I like it. Ah. Huh. Oh man. Okay. Um. The first thing that pops in my head is like the Runaways, but I don't know if that's true. That right. ain't it. No, we're not going back that far. One, a single artist or a band name? Band. Oh. I, I, yeah. I've never heard of them, but now I don't know. There also is a little Doro there. It's not Warlock, is it? No. No? All right, tell me. Girl school. Girl school. All right. Yeah. It's my bad. My bad. Not super familiar with girl school. It's a good song, though. Oh, yeah, it's fire. Getting after it. What? It's called Let's Go? Let's Come on, let's go. Yeah, that's good. It's a nice little, nice pump feel to that. Almost had like a, feel like maybe Joan Jett and the Blackhearts might be a bit of an influence there. Yeah, if the yeah. timing is right, I'd have to look up Girl School to see exactly how that plays out. I think that's a little more of a, of a modern band. Frida and Girl School got us started today from Zay. It's Chad and Zay on a Friday. Hope you're having a great one, making your plans to head out to some high school football games. They are all over the area tonight. Uh, I think Zay and I are both going to be... Uh, you still heading out to Gupton tonight? Yep, see you there. A little Vandegrift Dripping Springs action. Ten-minute drive for me. Ooh, looking forward to that, man. I've never been to that stadium. I'm looking forward to it tonight, and it is the game that I wanted. They could be playing this game just about anywhere. As long as I could get there time-wise, I think I'd go check it out. I'm I'm a fan of both teams. I've been a fan of Vandegrift for a while. I became a fan of Dripping Springs this year for a very, you know, a lot of different reasons. Novosad being the first one, but man, they're they're both just fun to watch, and I think they're both dangerous moving forward, too. Yeah. I think whoever gets away with with it tonight, so it gets away with it. Whoever gets through this thing tonight, man, I, I'm not exactly sure who that matchup is. Craig Way could, he's probably listening right now, going, "Nah, Chad, they're going to play this Houston area team that will flatten them." But I feel like that team could be dangerous in the next round. I couldn't give you a take on this game. I mean, both teams are pretty even, and both quarterbacks are very solid, very good. Both offenses can move the ball. Both defenses can stop the run, solid stopping the pass. So these teams, they couldn't be more even. And I know Dripping got the first matchup, but like I've been saying all week, that week one matchup and this week 15 matchup are two completely different teams. Yep, no so doubt. it was going to be a completely different game, man. I'm looking forward to it. I was listening to Light the Tower earlier, and I feel exactly what Snoop Daniel is saying. You're going to feel for one of these teams because we've been watching mm-hmm. and covering these guys all year long, and when you get to this point, it, it, it gets tougher and tougher to know. This might be a lot of guys' last games and a lot of guys, just everybody's last game of the year, depending on whoever loses. Yeah, so coming up in the flex segment, we'll give you a little bit more on that matchup and then uh, tell you more about the all-flex team because the finalists will be announced next week. That's coming up at 1.30. Right now, though, let's get into the crap bag. I'll tell you what's really going on with the Patriots. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. So last night, Patriots lose 24-10, and there's a lot of talk about Mac Jones when he was you know, screaming stuff out last night about we got to throw the ball downfield and why don't we run the ball and all these things. 
Let's go back over some of this. I've talked about some of this before, but let's make sure you understand what Bill Belichick is doing because it is confusing and he's breaking football law by doing what he's doing. If anybody else was doing this, they would be getting shredded for it. His two offensive coaches, supposedly, that may or may not be in charge of calling plays are Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Matt Patricia was an offensive assistant in 04 and an offensive line coach in 05. That's true. But from 06 to 17, he was a linebacker's coach, then he was a safeties coach, and then he was the defensive coordinator for that long. Now he is the senior football advisor and offensive line coach. Do you know why Bill Belichick will not tell you he calls plays? Because he's still trying to get him paid from Detroit. We've discussed this part. It's kind of that Joe Wickline thing. Remember that confusing story, Longhorn fans? Yeah, that thing, where it's the semantics of it that is saving a guy some money, so Belichick has, for some reason, agreed to do that with a guy who's not really an offensive guy. Patricia has been this for so long on the defensive side, so that's one guy. The other guy is Joe Judge. Joe Judge was a special teams coach from 08 to 2019. In 19, he was made the wide receivers coach. This year, he's the offensive assistant and quarterbacks coach. He's never been a quarterbacks coach, and you're putting him in the room with your second-year guy as you're trying to you know, figure out a plan moving on from maybe the greatest quarterback that ever played the game. So, Zay, all of that is going on in New England. Bill Belichick has always done things a little differently. Some of it's been brilliant. Some of it has worked. But there is an offensive regression, if not just stagnation, on that team. Say what you will about McDaniels as a head coach, but he was a nice OC. Say what you will about Bill O'Brien as a head coach, but he was a better OC than what they've got now. And there have been things in place with New England that would get that would get them through. This doesn't make football sense. And at some point, Bill Belichick needs to stop rambling, babbling, mumbling, and he needs to figure this out. Put offensive people on the offensive side of the ball, Bill. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. But these are guys that he trusts, or you know, that he's been trusting for a very long time, and. I think just him not having Tom Brady anymore has been an issue in itself. And he's been trying to move pieces around. But, yeah, if you don't have offensive guys calling plays on the offensive side, you're going to have your struggles. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the league. If you're not following certain positions and you're focused on others like Patricia has been, like Joe Judge has been, you're getting thrown into the fire like you said, Mac Jones, his second year in the league, and now Joe Judge, he has to become a quarterback coach, and hopefully they have to find some chemistry and do exactly what Bill Belichick says, but you also have to play to your personnel, and that's Mac Jones, and right. they're definitely not doing that. And the kid's not bad at all. No. Look at the year he put together last year with McDaniels. Um, the deep ball accuracy we saw at, at Alabama was so impressive. He feels like a leader that guys will follow. I like the yelling on the sideline last night. I did too. I absolutely did. I yeah. think that's a great edge to have and maybe something that Belichick can notice and, and adjust to. But now this is this is modern, this is super modern big boy NFL football here. And the idea that you're just going in with Mac Jones and you're gonna try to we'll just we'll just kind of try to figure it out as we go along. No, man. What's more important right now for the New England Patriots than the voice in Mac Jones' head? Not his voice, the other voice. Right, They allow one other voice in his head. They put a speaker in his helmet and everything. It's really super modern. 
The guy can hit a button and talk to him. <laughs> Isn't it important, Zay, to make sure that voice is critic is key? That voice knows what they're doing. That voice is up to date on everything that's offensive in football. Yes. Man, I don't get it. And I'm not a Patriots guy, but I'm just watching maybe the greatest pro coach anybody's ever seen do one of the weirdest things. And I was talking about it in the preseason when he kept mumbling at the media about it and he wouldn't say anything. I told y'all why he wouldn't say it then, and he's still doing it. He's running a combo of like the Joe Wickline story, Tom Herman screw-ups, and Charlie Strong screw-ups at Texas. Remember all that stuff where they said, Tom, who's calling the offensive plays? And he went, it's a collaborative effort. Remember that crap? <laughs> yeah. Pissed you off, didn't it? Yeah. It should, like it, it should have because it's stupid. And earlier this season, Bill Belichick went Tom Herman when he said it. He goes, well, you know, it's kind of a collaboration. No. There's some questions you have to be able to answer, answer instantaneously. Who calls your offensive plays? If you ask me, do you trust your wife? My answer needs to be quick and decisive. If it's anything like, eh, it depends on what you mean. Whoa, 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 stop. Stop. Yeah. Who's calling your offensive plays? Charlie Strong had issues because, and he was the one involved in the Joe Wickline crap, I think, or maybe that was Herman. And then Herman, maybe that was it because Herman couldn't say anything because they were trying to save the guy money on the other side. And he mumbled his way through, it's a collaborative effort. Okay. Well, you got 40 seconds to figure out your collaboration, and it, yeah. ain't, and it ain't working. Yeah, and the reason why he's not getting hammered is because Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick, and he has all the skins on the wall. Hell, not only skins, he has bears, deer, all types <laughs> of rat raccoons, all types of uh, wilderness <laughs> stuff on the wall with his legacy and whatnot. So... When he makes crazy moves like this, which yeah. would be absolutely insane for the average head coach, for him, it doesn't look as you know insane. But you can tell he needs people that he trusts, like Patricia, That's like true. McDaniels. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't like guys. He doesn't like new cats. There's something about just guys that have been through the mud with him, been so he, through the grind with him. So he's just exhausted all offensive guys he trusts? Is that what it is? He's just going to go back through the defensive guys now? I guess so. Who's or his, those guys have moved on. So if this doesn't work, who's his next OC? Bill Parcells? <laughs> is that the is that, out of retirement? Right? Is that the idea? Pepper Johnson? Is that who it's going to be? Oh, all right, there's your crap bag. We do it every day at about 1245. Bills over the Patriots, 2410. Bills, Dolphins, what a matchup that is uh, at the top of that division. Vision. Miami needs to win to keep pace. Miami won the first matchup with Buffalo, and I think they've got that second one coming pretty quickly. So we'll keep watching for that. Brandon Lang coming up next. What does he think of Miami, San Francisco, and the other big games of the week? We are about to find out on the Horn.